thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozalik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wozlick. I'm Dr. Yana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And today we're talking to Australian functional fitness guru, Diamond Dave Nixon. I met Dave briefly for the first time at the Wellness Summit in the Gold Coast, and we've been looking forward to interviewing Dave ever since we started this podcast. Um, Dave started out his passion for fitness with mixed martial arts and kickboxing, but he has since created Functional Fitness Australia, which can be found at funkfitness.com.au, F-U-N-C fitness. <laughs> and if you're in the Canberra area, then you can visit his gym in person. But for everyone else, we thought we'd bring Dave um, to you and have him share his top tips with you. So without further delay, since we've got lots of questions for him, welcome to the show, Dave. Hey guys, thanks for having me today. Thanks for, for uh, coming, Dave. Oh, pleasure, anytime. So to start today, why don't you tell us a little bit about your path from starting with martial arts towards functional fitness and maybe a little bit more about your fitness philosophy. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, my, uh, my journey within the industry started when I was about 15 when I started just doing a bit of admin work within a uh, sort of personalized gym here in Canberra. I, I got it from doing some work experience in year 10 and from there I started training people and I started a, a traineeship at, at the age of 16 and that sort of built into managing a gym when I was 18, um, managing a couple of gyms when I was 19 of, of the same sort of uh, the business and then uh, that's when I actually started looking at doing some martial arts. Now, I did the traditional, you know, let's just get massive training that all boys try to do when they're younger. And then, um, you know, for some reason, I think at that age, alcohol was in the way that, that you know, they, people go through stages like that. For me, though, after a little while, I sort of looked at the gym and and, um, and over time, to do a little bit with martial arts, and I, I still fondle with that every now and again, but my training's moved a, a lot away from, uh, from those early days, I suppose, to... To understanding how the body is actually wired to move, how it's designed to function, and um, and really placing a lot of emphasis and tension on, upon movement first, and then exercise second. So, and that's um that's where yeah, two and a half years ago I started. I um what then was called Funk F U N C Fitness, and now it's uh, it's sort of grown um from that to to flourish with a fantastic team that I have to help me out, and uh, and and obviously awesome clients as well to to having two gyms. Which is cool, and um, we're on the horizons of plenty of other things coming on board as well. So, exciting times. Very exciting. Um, so, Dave, how does your gym differ from a standard regular gym? What's what what do you do differently that functional fitness that people might not know about functional fitness, basically? Yeah, sure. Um, I suppose uh, the the biggest thing about gyms is that we get introduced to what we you know a lot of people call it normal training. So they go to the gym, they do. You know, they might do some weight program and some cardio work and that kind of stuff and they, they do their traditional chest exercise, back and legs and arms and all these sorts of movements with a completely legitimate form of training and then they jump on the treadmills or they do their whatever sort of cardiovascular work they do as well and that's what we usually you know look at being a gym and in fact if anything most gyms are, are set up and whether they like to hear it or not they're set up so that only they only require 20% of their clientele to rock up in order for them to, to actually make income. Um, if more than that rock up to you know your traditional gym, then what happens is that these people start understanding there's not enough equipment, and they start going, well, I need to take my money somewhere else because 
obviously there's uh, it doesn't sort of match up. So so those sort of gyms, are, I, I don't know, they're probably in the industry for interesting sort of reasons. At the same time, they serve a fantastic purpose in the sense that it does change people's lives. It gives them a facility or a place to go to in that regard as well. So I'm not putting that down at all. It's just we sort of looked at that and understand that the model that we wanted to set up was uh, had a look at accountability, proactive, you know, book, booking and, um, and decision making, I suppose, in that sense, and attention to detail with, with the coaching. So we wanted to, uh, we believe everyone deserves a coach um, and uh, we believe everyone deserves that sort of attention to detail to learn about their body in, in further depth and understand how it's actually, you know, designed to function and, and all that as well. So we, uh, we don't have any machines. We don't have any treadmills um, in that sort of sense. It's uh, people who can look at it. It's very similar to a lot of other sort of strength gyms, I suppose, that come out or people look at CrossFit boxes and, and all that. And that's another subject and topic of, on, on its own, which is very interesting. And um, so I suppose it's uh, you walk in and you sort of think, where's all the equipment? At the same time, it's, it's all there as well in regards to pull-up frames and kettlebells to medicine balls, um, everything from tractor tires even, uh, all sorts of things to, to have a bit of a play with. Beautiful. So, Dave, you mentioned something right at the start there. You made a differentiation between movement and fitness. Do you want to delve into that a little bit for us and tell us how you see the difference there? Yeah, fantastic. So, I suppose people get movement and exercise confused. And uh, I think um, the easiest way for me to say is that uh, exercise is a component of movement. So, everyone, you can exercise and be moving inefficiently. Um, and what that can cause long term is actually start causing a lot of injuries and that's what we see it a lot more in the western world with bad knees and bad lower backs and all these sorts of things whereas if you learn to to move efficiently and then you learn to be able to do that and develop that at intensity you, you end up exercising and this is something that becomes long term um i'm going to give you an example so you know the i'm like you Brady. i know you love your barefoot running mm-hmm. um so i'm a i'm a big fan of being able to go back towards that um, barefoot style of training. So I'm a big fan of going back to that sort of basics. Now, where a lot of people run into problems is that they go from a runner, which is a, what I call a cushioned high heel. Yeah. Um, they go from a runner straight to a barefoot shoe and they're, they're, the body hasn't adapted to that yet. Yeah. Now, there's, they're going to cause a lot of issues through tendons, ligaments um, of the ankles and, and all sorts of things. Now, the biggest issue is that people get, they, they learn to run on a treadmill or they teach themselves to run on a treadmill and not only are they starting to run in this cushioned high heel, they're running on this cushioned platform that they're, they're not actually developing the muscles to pull their legs underneath them in order to um, you know, propel them forward. So you start looking at this and this person is landing with a heel strike in front of them, it jars their hip, it loads through their knee, it loads their lower back. So this person finishes that 30 minute workout on the treadmill sweating and that says that they burnt calories so they exercise. The issue is that this person has just moved inefficiently and created really bad movement patterns for themselves for the next you know, 10, 20, 30 years until they start to learn how to correct that. Yeah, I like that. And Dave, you'd be pleased to know when this goes to air, it's actually going to be two days before I do my barefoot running fundraiser. So I'm actually going to, oh, run, the awesome. 12, I'm going to run the 12K City to Bay in Adelaide on the bitumen in my bare feet, um, raising money for spinal research. So if people want to find out more about that, they can actually go to our Paleo Show Facebook page and, uh, and I'll put a link there. We're aiming to raise $10,000 for spinal research. So I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, awesome. That's fantastic. I mean, I love that sort of stuff. It, it's it's more so, and the biggest word there is awareness. Just bringing people, not telling them what to do, but also encourage them how to think around these sorts of things. And it's pretty basic stuff. We're, we're not we're the only species that, that lives at this point in time with things engineered for their feet in another country. Um, and uh, besides horses that we make for them, right? <laughs> so, and yeah. you look at the people who make them and they probably don't wear the shoes and they're, they're better off than us in regards to the kinds of injuries. 
classic. So it's uh, it's very interesting in this regard, and that's where I'll talk more about, you know, people call a squat an exercise. I'm like, a squat's not an exercise. A squat is a movement. You know, you see a three-year-old do it better than a 33-year-old in the Western mm, world. Okay. Yeah. You go to Southeast Asia, and the person's doing it better there at the age of 70, and we're like, no, oh, they must do yoga. <laughs> yeah. It's so true, though, Dave, because I look at my kids, and they just do these perfect squats. Like, they do them awesomely, and it's so good to see. And yeah. you're dead right. It's all about movement patterns. And people do. They look at a squat, and they think, well, why do I need to learn how to do a squat? Like, why do I need that movement pattern? But what they don't realize is whether they like it or not, they do it every single day. Right? Every single day, there's something you need to bend down and pick up. And so the key is, well, are you going to do it well or are you going to do it badly? Like that's, that's kind of your choice, basically. You need to learn these. You know, you're going to use a movement pattern. You may as well learn the right one, I reckon. 100%. And the thing is, is that a lot of the times, it's, uh, it's actually relearning because you have taught yourself not how to do it well for the last 10, 20, 30 years. And this is where people don't realize this sort of stuff. So um, they, they sit in chairs that, that are above parallel. They sit in cars with their legs are, you know, in a very similar sort of position, if not worse. Mm-hmm. They, see, um, they wear high heels, which shorten their Achilles and hamstrings and tighten their ITBs. They, um, they then you know, sit on, obviously on toilets, not in Asia, <laughs> that are above parallel. And you yeah. look at all these sorts of things, and all of these things will tighten through your hamstrings, underdevelop your, your hamstrings, uh, overdevelop your quadriceps, and cause issues. And that's why in the Western world you see, it's one of the reasons why, you see so many issues with the, sort of the knees um, being loaded too much, therefore you get lose a lot of damage through cartilage and weaknesses through there, and also really weak glutes, which cause a really, really bad lower back. So you see this pattern happen again and again and again. So you understand that, that learning or relearning, like I said before, something like a squat and to, to break parallel which means that hip crease below the knee and and sitting down there like a a three-year-old um is actually going to be beneficial you know 99 of the population unless there's a really really special restriction there and we sort of look at it and go it's an exercise i'm like learn how to move learn how to move efficiently and and get a coach to be able to produce that movement with you and then over time you're able to do that at, at intensity and that's where you really you know whether you want to look at athletic performance or whether you just want to be able to squat down and weed the rest of your life you know like it's it's these sorts of things that's just how you're wired to move did you say we or weed well both there you go <laughs> I, I said weed as in garden but right, um, right. Honest, you, I'm just checking some females like i don't know but you know we would have done that for a millennium and we don't do it anymore it's a crucial movement it's really we don't do it in the western world that's cr- so, that's yeah. true that's true yeah i grew up in yeah. malaysia so i i had the opportunity to learn a bit but uh, then I moved back and went back to Western ways and all sorts of deconditioning of spinal musculature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. massive, right? We, we, we go to the gym to break up the body in, on random days to do random muscle groups then leave that gym to inspect all these you know, muscles. And not only that, my whole neuromuscular system to be able to work efficiently as one unit afterwards. And it just doesn't make sense. Doesn't, right. So, Dave, I'm just going to try and break this down a little bit (laughs) for our listeners who don't really know what kettlebells are or any of these technical terms. um, is Is it fair to say then that really everyone in the West, most people in the Western world are doing these patterns wrong and really they should be going to see a coach, even if it is just a temporary like how to class sort of thing so that they can then start applying these things properly into their daily lives? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting in regards to you know, it's very difficult to find wrong, I suppose. And someone you know comes to me and they show show me a, a squat, and the squat is the ugliest squat I've ever seen in, the, in my life <laughs> ever, right? And I'm just like, how have you? How are you still walking? And but either way, I look at this, and I, I don't see it as a wrong squat because you get people caught in this mindset of understanding it's wrong or right, and they no, they'll never get it right. They just improve it. So, um, and you see that from a coach, like the point you made just then, is that ideally you do want to learn and a coach or an environment where you can learn in that regard is very, very important. So I refer to it as your health IQ. Mm -hmm. So um, your health IQ, it goes on to nutritional information, but also it, it also includes your the way that you're wired to move. So um, you can watch some YouTube videos and be a YouTube warrior and go from there if you like. There's very interesting information through there. Uh, to add on to your point, I do think it's very important to invest some money into into your body to learn how to move. You know, quite often we invest money into what we think is healthcare when that's actually sick care. When if we just invested it <laughs> slightly different, we would have a different outcome. Mm, yeah, for sure. I'm just thinking. Basically, the the root of my question was: I know a lot of our listeners are just not at all interested in taking that next step, like fitness wise. So a lot of people listening to this show are really interested in diet, but maybe don't totally understand how um, the movement that they're doing at home would impact their future. So maybe you can elaborate on that. Yeah, beautiful. I'll, I'll use an example um, of a lady called Kathy. Kathy's she's about 60. And uh, when she, you know, I often ask the people in, in our intros at the gym, uh, I go, look, do, do you think Kathy needs to learn a deadlift? And for those of you that are not really sure of a deadlift, a deadlift is literally taking a weight or, uh, you know, anything, I suppose, technically from uh, about mid-shin height through to just standing in the, you know, your hands by your sides with that, with that weight. So technically that's picking up shopping bags. Mm -hmm. um, so when you look at this, and a lot of people, especially if I've had powerlifters or those little people come through, they're like, oh, no, they don't, she doesn't need to do that exercise. And you go, look, Kath, you know, Kathy and I, we're the same, you know, technically animal species. We, we're wired to move the same way. Her need to develop that movement doesn't change from my need. Her intensity does. And where I go from there and explain to them, I go, her sport is gardening. She wants to be able to squat down and weed She wants for the rest of her life. You know what I mean? She wants to be able to move pot plants and buckets of water. She wants to be able to do all of these things um, and, and function well. She wants to be able to pick up her grandkids. Uh, without worrying about her back. So it's, it's understanding that, um, you know, nutrition is so crucial for your health. And that's great. If you cannot move, though, then you're just going to be healthy in one spot. <laughs> so understanding that these movements are going to enable you to go out, you know, whatever age it may be, and A, the A, enjoy life, whether it be hiking or gardening or walking the dog, to right through to being able to play sport more efficiently, reducing injury in that, and what I call prehab. Um, <laughs> So uh, in, in that respect as well. So as far as the, the anyway, any sort of listeners on here is that you're, you've already should be, you know, it's fantastic that you're learning more and educating more around the nutrition, which is so important. And then you should be applying those skills because I'm, I'm assuming the person wants to do some sort of hiking. They want to play some sort of sport or they want to do some sort of gardening. Um, people like restraints. We like getting active. Yeah, absolutely. So let's have a look at the other end of the spectrum then, Dave. And one of the things that we've spoken to you about before, I know, on the Wellness Guys show, and, and this is a concept I've kind of stolen because I use this in some of my talks, as you well know, but uh, you've spoken before about the DMO. Um, do you want to explain to everyone what a DMO is, Dave? Sure. A DMO stands for display model only. So um, <laughs> that person looks good on display. And a lot of people, they go to the gym for, for aesthetic reasons. And that's look, that is 100% fine. And I, I have a lot of respect for, for bodybuilders, as in the sport itself. 
um, in the sense that I don't believe there's any other sport that has the, the dedication, the commitment, the accuracy, the precision, and the execution that bodybuilders or you know that kind of um, competing has. I really don't think that. I think that's second to none. So um, at the same time, if, if you're not planning on jumping up on stage, I sort of question why do you train that way? Because like I said earlier, that person goes to this gym to do this robotic, tedious movements that have you know zero to minimal correlation to anything that person has done ever outside of that facility. Not only that, they're, they're actually confusing their neuromuscular system and, and basically your nerves are the, the messengers to your muscles that tell them what to do and then expecting that to go out of that facility and then get that to work as one unit. And you can see how this can become confusing and that's, if anything, going to cause injury to that person on the outside um, rather than developing the movements and learning the movement patterns of you know push, pull, jump, squat, skip, lift, climb, run, twist, throw, all these sorts of things that we're, we're wired to do as a, as a human. Yeah. Yeah, certainly um, something that, that I see in practice all the time that doesn't make sense that, you know, people go to the gym and isolate a muscle group, work on that, but then their, their brain just has no idea what how that actually fits into the holistic view of moving around every day. So that's why I just love what you do. I think functional fitness just makes so much sense from, from a body movement, brain function perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people, obviously, we grew up in this world of, um, you know, the era of bodybuilding. Um, and that's what dominated the, the training and gyms and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's, you know, we see that as normal. Where I don't see that as normal. I see it as common. I don't yeah. believe it's normal for a human being to go to a, a, a room full of artificial air under artificial light to do these robotic tedious movements on machines that have you know, no correlation to anything that that person has done ever outside. And then people go, I'm getting, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm just saying that as, as a, obviously stepping back and looking at the industry as a whole. Um, and if you're training that way, that, that's, that's a fantastic start. If you're looking to just function better or, or play sport better, uh, if you're going to bodybuild, then fantastic. So it's about understanding what you want individually and whether your goals are more based around health than that. So, um, uh, and majority of people's are, it's a very small minority of the population that's going to be a bodybuilder. So in that case, the question is, why are you training that way? Um, is there a more effective use of your time? Yeah. Dave, I loved what you said earlier about just we expect to be able to go to the gym a couple times of the week and, you know, that, that's it. That's our fitness for the week. But um, I, I'm a wellness coach, so I always talk to my clients, especially have a lot of moms who come in who just, like, can't go to the gym because they're with their kids all day and stuff. And we talk a lot about how to incorporate these movement patterns and this extra level of fitness and intensity in their everyday lives, in tasks that they're already doing, how to make them more, um, uh, I guess, strenuous or uh, whatever, whatever I'm trying to say. Do you have a couple examples of how people could apply this to their everyday lives without actually adding any time to their day? Uh, sure. I suppose um, the biggest thing there is get moving and actually the first thing to do is try and do your best to plan that in there so whether if you're as for example the mums to get walking with the kids that sort of stuff whether that be you know um different sort of walking paths uh, obviously if they're in a stroller it's going to be a bit difficult if they're trying to run around everywhere but um in that regard so or otherwise um, you know, you could do some research through online um, to find out what sort of some basic body weight movements you can be doing at home, such as squats and push-ups, different types of sit-ups, and then you can you can literally get a lot out of 10 to 15 minutes. 
mm-hmm. in your day. So a lot of people try and um, think, oh, I've got to go to the gym for an hour. It's going to take me half an hour to get there. By the time I get there, I'm going to be sweaty. I've got to have a shower afterwards. And then after that shower, it's going to take me in my bag and put it back in the car. And the car is going to be sweaty and smelly. Then I've got to go past 100 for the car. Then I've got to go there. I'm going to be office and I've got a meeting at 2 o'clock. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because – So – Go ahead. Sorry. Keep going. No, I've just those are those are great examples because a lot of times I say, oh, you know, you can pick your kids up and lifting them above their heads is that extra extra um, weight resistance. on their resistance. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And that's what I think it comes down to with kids. It's just about being playful with your kids as much as anything. It's like getting back into that playful mentality. And I think I spoke about this on the Wellness Guys recently as well. But for me, it's like little things. Like I just say to Tom, all right, you go wherever you want in the playground, and I'm going to follow you. And so he climbs over and under things and up pyramids and and I just follow him. I just climb along behind him and we play like that. Or, you know, he'll tell me to chase him around the playground. And instead of like going around and, you know, waiting for him to come down the slide, I'll jump up, grab onto the bar and pull myself up onto the playground and basically do like a muscle up as part of just playing with him, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the the more you sort of get out of these constraints, I think, of – you know, of what's normal and what's expected and go, hey, maybe I can just play. What if I just pretended I was a kid too and started playing on the equipment? Your kids are going to love it. Yeah. And you just I get that exercise. Agree. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, I think the, the word there is play and I think we can learn a lot from kids as adults because as adults we, we went through this whole stage of thinking that, you know, authority is correct so that means that we're right and that we're too old for this sort of stuff and we're obviously too mature whereas – where the, we, playing is so crucial and so important. You can learn a lot from kids. A, learning how to squat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. B, what's really surprising, and I probably mentioned this before I, before we finish up, but uh, they, they're very organic. Kids are very organic in the sense that, um, you know, we have hormones that are released that tell us that we're full when we have enough glucose, proteins, or fats. And this, these kids are able to respond to that. They don't, there's not a ding that goes off and tells us as parents. You know, it's just uh, that's why kids will eat slow. Um, and then uh, we try and overfeed them by rewarding them with self with something afterwards. And I'll give you an example later on. But um, it's, it's, it's these sorts of things we can learn a lot. And then obviously asking the question why, but playing. I think you're bang on there, Brady. It'd just be really weird for me to go to a random playground and stuff playing with kids. <laughs> so, that's, you know, I just, yeah. just got to be careful. With but you know, you know they, they're, actually, they're actually around the world starting to build adult playgrounds. And I was talking to someone about this the other day, and they're actually building adult playgrounds. They just have, like, really functional equipment sort of in that MoveNet style of, of exercise and you, where yeah. adults can go and just play and climb. And I reckon that's a so brilliant cool. idea. So yeah, cool. cool. Look, you know, as much as I own gyms at the same time, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of, of the traditional term of gym and the feelings and emotions that go with that and uh, the intimidation that goes with that sort of stuff. And that's a big thing that we wanted to reduce from our facility. And, uh, look, we, call, we don't call our weights weights. We call them toys. All right, guys, toys away. Like it's, you, you know, you're here, you have some fun and you want to make that, that kind of environment, that energy so that people want to come back for that reason, not because it feels like they need to because um, that's not going to be long term. You should start so, calling your gym in an adult playground. That would be great. Yeah. I'd go uh, to that. It's, it's <laughs> in, it, our gym in Mitchell's in like an industrial area, so you just got to be careful, I suppose, <laughs> what you call <laughs> Nice. Hey, um, Dave, so if, if I'm at home wanting to do some exercise – like, if I'm just starting out, like I'm literally starting from ground zero, um, yep. what equipment should I get first and what exercises should I start with? Um, I would say uh, for the general weekend warrior um, to 
easily you don't even need equipment to begin with i'd say just firstly set a goal to just get moving a couple of times a week and, and put that in a diary and i would recommend to plan that so it just, it just doesn't happen when you feel like it because that's never going to be long term so a proactive way around that would be very important otherwise i would say get started by by doing some squats um and and by doing some push-ups and by doing um you know some some jogging or some walking or some running as well and you can do that really easily by um just going off by doing five push-ups five squats five sit-ups and you can work on you know 10 rounds of that to, to begin with or five rounds if you want to start just by doing that and building that up each week and that's just literally about getting moving to begin with so the biggest thing when starting out is going okay how can i make this long term not you know it's not about getting bigger or getting muscly that kind of stuff it's just about being able to function when you're 70 it's about being able to function when well when you're 40 it's about all these sorts of things and it's literally about getting moving and being not seeing it as exercise seeing it as something that you just do so you're able to live easier yeah 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 i've really loved that too now we always hear about these exercise recommendations from the government that we have i don't even know what it is now you know half an hour walk every day or something like that a little bit of extra cardio um now in your opinion then what would the minimum amount of exercise or movement be required for someone to function um obviously not to function but to to do well in their daily life yeah oh, look three times 30 minutes is, is a basic guideline to start i would say and the reason why I say start is because it, you just need you need to see it as moving and, and just getting moving for number one thing. And then two, you need to enjoy it. So you need to find out something that you're going to enjoy. That's why people enjoy walking dogs and all that sort of stuff. That's that's fantastic. And dogs don't really, you know, they're not going to go, no, can we just sit back and have some wine? And got, you know, so in that case, they're, they're a good training buddy for that regard. They're, they're, if anything, they're more proactive than you are. But um, otherwise, uh, I think three times 30 minutes would be a good way to get started. Um, from there, I mean, like as far as I'm concerned, I actually I train for six days a week and most of the time twice a day, um, and those sort of sessions will vary. They're not two-hour blocks of just constant go go go, and there's a lot of skill work and all sorts of things. So you go, you know, I'm on the other end of the scale with my training, and um, at the same time, I really enjoy the environment, and that's the biggest thing for for me and for the clientele is to enjoy that environment. So the biggest thing is to three three times 30, 30 minutes, not thirty seconds, <laughs> unless you go thirty seconds off to thirty minutes. 30 on, 30 off, that's fine. Um, and uh, and get moving through, you know, like I said, those basic fundamental movements of a push-up, a squat, um, a burpee. If you haven't done what a burpee is, YouTube it, you'll love them. Uh, <laughs> Liar. <laughs> I don't mind them. I'm pretty close to the ground, so it's not so bad. <laughs> but uh, a bit a bit of running and these sorts of things to, to begin with, and, and it's uh, it's about changing that up as well. So your breadth of adaptation will always attempt to match your, your breadth of stimulus. So it's important to continually change that stimulus up so that you, you mentally don't get bored with it because if you mentally get bored with it it's like watching the same simpsons episode every night or any episode like you imagine watching the same news every night you will stop watching it so um it's as important with your training as well to consistently keep changing that up it's, it's very crucial yeah no just to clarify that doesn't mean that you can sit in your desk all day at work and then drive home in your car and then sit on your couch all night though right with as long as you're doing those three three sessions no, you're exactly right. Like I said, it's a good way to start. So um, it, it's you look at those three movements that you just even talked about just then, and all three of those movements you're sitting above parallel. Um, in three of those movements, you're inside as well. So these are some things that, you know, we're, we're, we're human beings. We're designed to be outside. We're designed to get some sunlight and, and vitamin D in that as well. So that, that's important for our health. Um, as far as the other ones, uh, Ido Portal, actually, he's uh, he's an Iraqi um 
amazing. Cool yeah, he's Very awesome. Cool he talks a lot about moving, and uh, one of the things he said was uh, he has a squat test. Um, so you do it for a month, and you sit in a squat for at the bottom of a squat like a like a three year old for thirty minutes a day. You don't have to do it straight for thirty minutes a day. You can do it for a minute here or a minute there. It's as long as throughout that day you get thirty minutes of that done, and that's not so much exercise. That'll help with movement and back pain and knee pain and all sorts of things over time. Yeah. So there's these sorts of things you can start looking at rather than you know some people are not going to sit at their public service desk in a squat. Well. You know, they don't want to be the, the weird one. I don't know why I wouldn't. But, <laughs> yeah, um, I do. I've been doing yeah. it at work. I'm practicing my squats. And um, I certainly have found that for flexibility and balance has been huge because I, I have a confession. I used to have to pour what in my family we called a yarn glass, which meant that the glass had to be at least an inch below the level of the top of the glass so I wouldn't spill it when I was walking. <laughs> but I've just discovered since I've been doing movement and, and doing this, um, these squats that I can walk with a glass that's like so close to the top of uh, being full that I don't spill it. It's kind of cool. Oh, well yeah, done, Yana. <laughs> that's really good. And this is really powerful, especially for, for you guys um, as chiropractors to understand that, that this style of movement and, and chiropractic work goes so hand in hand because you, you guys deal with the nerves sending the messages to the body and, and healing it that way and allowing those messages to be so so um, clear and we look at trying to align that body with the movement patterns that it's wired to move you know Absolutely. so these go hand in hand so you know all you're doing is is with your with your training there is just teaching your body relearning the patterns you were taught um, or developed as a kid yeah. that you you know that you took away from yourself uh, and this is common as day i can get majority of people and talk about this but by the you know the normal what we seem as normal lifestyle which is actually just a common lifestyle in, in today's world so um that's why I, I go back to the basics just get moving three times 30 minutes then send me an email and i'll tell you what to do after that nice. like it's, I like it. it, it's nice. that sort of stuff to, to just get that if we can't get that then we know there's no point in going in further detail and it's like people you hear all the time about food they go okay what should i be eating and i'm like well let's educate let's increase your health IQ. If you if we can't update your software first, and then your hardware will update. If, if we just hard, um, update your hardware, then your then your software is back at this sort of lower level. You're going to you know return to default at some point. Mm. So let's increase our health IQ by you know increasing what I call your software, obviously, and and that'll go with that. So with that whole nutrition side of things, if you overload them with information, they're going to go, it's just too hard. Mm. Um, whereas let's just go, let's tick off box number one. And then when that's done after a couple of weeks, let's tick off box number two and build on from there. Awesome. Yeah. Now, Dave, we're just nearing the end of our podcast here. And it sounds like you have um, kind of some new exciting news coming up for that you can, that you can share. Yeah, for sure. So I, uh, I believe I shall be having a, a new podcast on the Wellness Couch, um, hopefully actually being airing by the time this, well, this one comes out in September. Um, I believe it will be called The Functional Movement. So it'll be an exercise podcast uh, that both myself and uh, a fantastic co-host, I'm going to keep that as a secret. That's just too exciting. We might, <laughs> nice. we might release it a little bit later on. She's a fantastic uh, girl and she's going to be awesome for so many listeners to, to listen to. She's, she's, uh, she's competed in sports all over the world um, and she's literally gone from you know a stage in her life where she absolutely hated who she you know how she felt and all these sorts of things to then being such an integral leader in i believe in in the fitness industry especially for females and even males like i look up to the stuff that she's done and it's different to the way that i train and i still think that she has so much to bring to the table and people really should sort of tune in listen to her obviously i'll continue to to chew the fat as well hopefully you can get something out of what i say um from the coaching side of things as well but um that's exciting hope we've uh 
all gets put through and that'll come out very, very soon, I believe. Love it. We can't wait well. for that, Dave. That's going to be brilliant. And, of course, we love chewing the fat on the Paleo Show. That's, uh, <laughs> that's right up our alley. So. <laughs> oh, I get Brett, it. That's good. Ready. Brett's it's definitely going to be your biggest listener, that's for sure. <laughs> Omega-3s and 9s. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, in the meantime, you guys can find Diamond Dave Nixon at funkfitness.com.au. That's funk, F-U-N-C fitness.com.au um, thank you so much for being on the show Dave and I hope uh, I hope some of our listeners who weren't as keen about fitness can start to be motivated now and try and take that first step yeah absolutely I, I hope so as well I suppose it's uh, the biggest thing is, is uh, sometimes asking for help and it's not about going to the gym it's just about moving so uh, a lot of the time people see as asking for help as a sign of weakness when really it's actually a sign of strength to, to, to move forward and, and to be able to do the things you want to do so 100% let's, uh, let's get people moving better absolutely awesome nice. thank you so much Until- right. thanks for having me guys <laughs> thanks okay so until next week check us out on Facebook share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Damien Christoph from 100 Not Out here. Wow, what a wellness summit we had in Melbourne. 600 people filled the Crown Conference Centre to listen to Cindy O'Meara and her Up For A Chat colleagues, David Gillespie, Ron Ehrlich, Nicole Bilgema and the Wellness Guys, of course. And guess what? We recorded every single minute of it. That's right. You can see nine world-class speakers with over seven hours of footage in the comfort of your own home. How cool is that? The best news is, until midnight Saturday the 7th, September 2013, this pack is just $147. Then it'll go to $197. So to pre-order your Wellness Summit Home Study Program for just $147, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and click on Shop. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.